It's a 60 podcast presented by Mid Sports. Steves, how are you? Good, mate. Haven't done one since the grand final. A little bit's happened since then. A couple of blokes punched each other in the face for a little bit. And uh, I'll tell you what, the most impressive one, Nelson. Uh, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. I think the most impressive or the scariest punch is Nelson. Yes, yes. But the most impressive boxer was Junior Paulo. Oh, yeah. Put, put it this way. Put it this way. I feel sorry for that bloke in Bali who took on Nelson a yeah. couple of years ago. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you could tell, like, even just watching that clip, they're like, ooh, geez, he can throw them. Oh, he can yeah. really put a couple together. <laughs> but in, in saying that, I don't think there'd be too many, um, too many blokes boxer-wise sitting there thinking, oh, gee, I hope Nelson doesn't call me out. Because oh. if he punches you in the head, you're in all sorts. Yeah. But he wasn't that impressive. Whereas Junior actually looked like he could... Well, string a few together and move a little bit. Nelson and Junior, that's the one. Yeah, Nelson, that would be a good fight. And I was surprised that Nelson and Junior didn't fight each other to start with. But in saying that, Nelson probably wanted to actually have a fight and see really how he went. Yeah. Um, Jason Tamalolo and Regan Campbell-Gillard probably should stick to just being props. Probably. <laughs> Probably. And it doesn't say much for Tamalolo oh. because Campbell Gillard won that well. Yeah, a few of those blokes who have retired should stick to being retired from all sports. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just moving on to a couple of other things that have made news recently. Michael Maguire, the only thing I'll say about this, because the, the proof will be in the pudding whether or not he's good or not. We'll, we can talk about that later. But just from a now perspective, I find it really hard to make a case that Freddie wasn't worth backing. Of course he was. Oh, it's We get so excited and quick to, you know, sensationalise things with footy. Um, journo, supporters, it, it becomes ridiculous. At the end of the day, Freddie walks away from Origin. I think he's done six series. Six series. Three and, he's and three. three and three. Yep. You know, he, I think he's the, now the second most successful New South Wales coach behind um, Gus. Yeah. And people were bagging him, making out that he's been horrendous. He won his first two. You know, Billy's won his first two. If Billy goes one from the next four, are we going to jump down his throat and, you know, shit can him constantly? I, I don't know. It, it's, it's just weird, you know. I think we're really quick in when it comes to footy and, and the teams we support or the teams that we despise to make things out to be a hell of a lot worse than what they really are and we make things out to be a hell of a lot better than what they really are. Let me play devil's advocate for a second, right? So I totally agree with what you're saying, but let me just put the, yep. the other hat on. Some decisions that were made this year, last year, selections and also in-game decisions, yep. very questionable. Well, I, I agree with two. So I think the Tavita Pangai Jr. selection just was bizarre. Yep. Almost every other decision that the selection-wise you could sit down and debate it and have an argument and end up with a, yeah, okay, fair enough. Like, they could be debated. Um, the the second one, which I just think was ridiculous, was when they played Damien Cook in the centres. Of course. That was just ridiculous. Oh, I couldn't believe that they did that. And even just to, I know in the heat of the moment things happen, just to make a change and to get a fresh player out there, yeah, okay, throw Damien Cook on there. But... Surely after five minutes to sit down, think about, all right, who have we got? What can we do? As oh, yeah, I grew up playing in the centres. Um, 
Cameron Murray could play in the centres at the drop of a hat. You know, there was probably five options there that were better than Damian Cook. So those two in particular stand out. The other one that stands out for me, oh, I agree, they're the two big ones. The other, There is a third one for me, though, and that is the selection of Nico in game one. Yeah. There was no plan to get him in the game. Do you reckon that he was almost pressured into picking Nico? Well, uh, like the whole push of the glory yes, boy? And... Yes, but to me, you either start him or you don't play him at all. I agree, and I think we spoke about that at the time. I, I wouldn't have picked him. Yeah, so, and I, there would have been less backlash if they didn't pick him at all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, we see we see a lot of players not not get a start at origin level who you think might might be worthy of one, but the fact of the matter is when you make one and it's wrong, that's that's the bad part. Yeah. It, like, like Tavita Pangai Jr. does not deserve to be called a, a former origin player. No, that's exactly right. And again, it almost falls into the, if you sit down and debate it and you can mount an argument as to why he did it or what he was thinking, you know, it was a... It was a, a he threw a, um, he had a crack at the stumps, didn't he? Yep. You know, he thought, well, you know what? This is either going to come off or it won't. And for the first five minutes, it looked like it wasn't a bad idea. And then he dumps that ridiculous offload out the back and it's like, here we go. I think it's also important to point out who these guys surround themselves with going into these origin camps because uh, the Queensland setup is just such a perfect balance. You've got, you know, your inspirational leaders, you know, you've got your yeah. JT, Nate Miles hanging around. Then you've got a current, assistant coach Josh Hannay so yeah. he's in the game he's he's every week in the game and, and well and Billy's clearly you know a genius. A, a, a inspirational oh, I don't know I don't know if we can say he's a genius coaching wise yet when until he coaches are an NRL team fair enough he, he's good like he's he's great but you can you, but can, you know what I'm saying you can you can make the case he's the greatest fullback of all time yeah he's and in, he's, definitely he's, in the argument he's, and he's, he's bringing in the greatest hooker and possibly player of all time and that's what i was going to say is yeah he's smart enough to to not worry about his ego and have cameron smith there yeah who is in my opinion the smartest player in in history and then you look at the new south wales setup brandy very heavily involved and he was the yeah. he was the first one to be cut out of this sort of changing of the guard at new south wales um to me that was that had to happen well, it looked like Brandy, I'm not saying he shouldn't have been there because he's clearly a great bloke and I reckon they all love him, but he needed someone else with current footy smarts. No, I, I will say he should never have been there. Yeah. And to me, it's a simple reason as this. I know that Penrith are excellent, right? I yeah. totally get that. He's on the board of Penrith. Yeah. To me, that that's just, you can't have that. And yeah. I, I, I know that it might not influence selections, but you cannot put the perception out there that it might. I don't know. I don't know. Mel's on the board at the Titans. Yeah, but, I, but, I, I'm going to throw. I'll throw a hundred back at you because yeah. it's it's there in in every in every way. Like Cooper, well, well, I, I I don't think Brandy should be an NRL commentator. Like I, I, I actually I, think I, he's good. I, I think that that role. Yeah. And this is a totally different subject. I spoke about it with Ben Eichen at the yeah. time when he was on, but. I, I don't think that there should be this cross-pollination of, uh, you know, you're an assistant coach at yeah. Manly. And, you know, Flanagan, I, I think Flanagan was a really good commentator. And he's just popped into my head now. I don't think he should have been an NRL commentator. No, well, possibly not. But there's a difference between being on the board. So Lockie is on the board at the Broncos and he's Channel 9 commentator. Yeah. There's a difference between being on the board and being an assistant coach. I, I reckon I, there's a real conflict of interest there. I think it's a whole area of the game where we are very amateurish yeah. as far as 
uh, qualifications for commentators in America, this would never happen. But so what's your like? And we go back to Brandy. What, what's your thoughts on Brandy? Do you not think he's a good commentator, or do you think he's biased? Because I actually think he's a good commentator. Uh, I I think he's probably middle of the pack yeah. as far as commentary goes. Um, but I do think that there are moments of bias, and it's uh, I'm not blaming yeah. him. It's a natural thing, of course. And and they're they're so good the last four or five years. Yeah, the whole selection thing will. If they didn't get picked, it's like when Bellamy coached New South Wales. Yeah. And he I, had blokes like Anthony Quinn on the wing. Yeah, I it's get like that. as if he's an origin player. I get that. <laughs> but so it, it's always gonna happen. I, I get that. Um yeah. and this is a this is a whole another topic. It's it's a good one to talk about because yeah. over in America, you look at their commentary teams, right? They don't have this. Like this is they would look at us and go, Man, you guys are very amateur the way you're going about this. Like it's very like they get former players, yeah, who walks like who walks straight out of obviously playing, yeah, yeah. and former players like yeah. for example Tony Romo, who yeah. used to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, but he's not got anything to do with the Cowboys at the moment. The uh, the, the Manning brothers, they yeah. have their own, essentially their own show where they commentate from their yeah. their lounge room. But again, nothing to do with the team. No, so and. Th- to be that that is more of like a comedy uh, style show. But in saying that, and I'm trying to think of his name, um, he actually got promoted during the year last year. He he was a commentator, and he was Which working sport? for in the NFL. He was yeah. working for a club. It'll come. I'll Google it. He was working for a club, and he was commentating. And then all of a sudden, it was almost like uh, they thought it was a piss take. So um, one of the podcasts I was listening to were laughing, saying, "Well, if this isn't a, uh, a an attempt at trying to you know lose games on purpose to to get the number one draft pick, I don't know what is." And I'll, I'll Google his name just so that we can get it. But it did happen just last year. Yeah. Um, it was the Tennessee, uh, the Titans, or the the Jacksonville Jaguars. He he took over. Um. There, there has been a few in, in America go like, for example, Matt Ryan yep. at, at the moment. He's a he's a commentator in the NFL. He is actually still open to playing. Yeah, right. So he, but at the same time, never at the same time. No, no, no that's exactly right. But they also too. It, it's funny, like the way we've got sports set up here. Blokes like Matt Ryan, if he was in Australia and playing the equivalent, which is NRL. Well, he'd be playing Q Cup or New South Wales Cup, or he'd be playing. Um, he'd be playing local footy here in Rocky if this is where he was from. So they have a completely different approach to to sport over there. It's either you're a professional or you don't play. There is so much money over yeah. there. So much money. So, for example, Tony Romo's on twenty million a year. So he, he's making more than a lot of. <laughs> he's, he's doing better now than he was playing. Well, didn't um, Brady sign something ridiculous like ten million a year? Oh, more than that. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a. I think it's a 10-year deal with Fox that kicks in next yeah. year for Tom Brady. But Insane. But regardless, regardless. So we have these commentators now throughout the league um, who have who are entrenched in clubs. So Shane Flanagan was assistant coach for your brother this year at Manly yeah. and doing NRL games on the weekend. And then he signed to be the head coach of the Dragons and it comes up future St. George coach. I, I, I personally have a real problem with that. Well, well Mick Ennis is... Mick Ennis is an assistant coach at every club in the league. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and Andrew, now Manly. And, now Andrew Manly, Johns, Mick Ennis. Um, <laughs> uh, well, Matthew Johns has, and I know this for a fact, that he's pretty much worked with 75% of the clubs um, and done specialist training with them, gone to their sessions, had players come to him yeah. and work with them. But he also refuses to sign as an official 
assistant so that he doesn't have a conflict of interest with with all the stuff he does. Of course. And also, but Matt Johns, like, he does one game a year, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, uh, there's these... There's these commentators right throughout Fox and Channel Nine as well, and and Radio Two. So, um, I I personally have a bit of a problem with it. Yeah. Um, I wish we had neutral, and I put that in quotes, neutral commentators. Yeah. And now I do understand people. You know, like they work for a living, like their, their jobs. You know, like that's what it is. Yeah. And I I do I do wish though that there was more money to get. Mick Ennis as a full-time commentator because I actually really like Mick. Well, he's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> well, but again, but, like you think, how much is enough? He's probably on a couple of hundred grand. I get so, that. You know, I get people that. People get excited. But to go back to the the start of this chat, which I think it's a really interesting one. I agree with you about the assistant coach side of it. I can't agree with the uh, um, people on boards or committees. Yeah. I think that. People like like Brandy, Darren Lockyer, um, they, they love footy. They're a part of footy. It's it's in them. Um, the Broncos or, or Penrith, for those two blokes respectively, it's not like one of the clubs they played for. It, it was their life, so it makes sense that they're going to be lifelong board members or, or committee members. So I, I don't have as much of a problem with that. And I know we've gone a long way around the discussion that we were having, which was the decisions that they had to make. You're you're in the part or the the camp of Brandy shouldn't have been there at all. Yeah, I think Brandy pr- probably should have been there, but not in the role that he was in. They had to have someone, which they finally did, like uh, Cleary come in for that last game. So they've got an actual current coach on the staff, you know, hel- helping Freddie. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's get into this international series. Uh, there's a couple of teams that are really interesting to me outside of Australia, obviously, because Australia's team is stacked. But uh, the Samoan team, they they could cause some problems. Yeah, they definitely could. They've, they've got a good lineup. Um, you know, we can we can bring it up and, and go through from from fullback through to through to the bench. But uh, the glaring issue that they've got for me is the halves. Yeah. So. Uh, Dejan Arce, he is one of those guys that, well, he did it for New Zealand, he did it for Para. The first four or five games of NRL he plays, he brains it. Cowboys? Cowboy, he did it for Cowboys. Yeah, first four or five games for each of those clubs, he absolutely brained it. Yep. And then it's like, whether it, he's a young guy, so it might be a bit hard on him, but whether he just doesn't have the ability to keep turning up week in, week out for a full season... Or teams work him out pretty quick. Yeah. And it's it's a bit sad for Samoa because there's a chance that they might not win a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they could still be a really good team. Like, the, the, the they're missing Luai, obviously. Luai's a massive out of this team. But their back five has a lot of punch. And also, their forward pack is pretty stacked. Yeah, and, and I can't be too critical of Stephen Crichton at 5'8", because I do believe that he's one of those footballers that whether he played fullback or prop, yep. he's going to be one of the best players on the field. Yeah. So I think he'll do a good job at 5'8". And you're right, their, their pack is a good pack. Young um, young hooker from Manly, he he, he looks like he's going to be pretty handy. Yeah. Um, when you've got Stefano and, and Junior Polo up front. Bit, bit of Isaac Luke about. Yeah. Gordon? Um, like a, if Isaac Luke and Brandon, Brandon Smith. Smith had a baby. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Sufa Longo. He's the one. Yeah, he, he he is really exciting. Yeah, he he could be good. Hey, he, yep. he looked very sharp in that one game he played. Um, 
and by all reports, I've only seen him play a couple of Q Cup games. By all reports, he's he doesn't do that every week, but he's had a lot of special moments during the year. So, well, it, it's it, it's almost surprising that he doesn't do it every week in Q Cup because he's lightning quick. Which is the question mark? Yes, it is. Uh, so it'll be great to see him against some better competition because even that Broncos team was depleted. That's right. Yeah. So um, it was it was essentially a uh, a leveled up Q Cup game. Oh, I do like um, I do like their back row. Um, I think Leilua, Lemulemu, and uh, Palacia is is a really good back row. Broncos are going to miss Palacia. Yeah, he, he's he's good. Yeah, so he's off to the Titans. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's that's pretty good pickup for that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, moving on to the bench, the, like Lenu, like <laughs> we've spoken about. It, it is a good bench, isn't it? It, it is. Uh, it, Lenu, Luki in particular. Um, well, when Royce Hunt and Greg Marju can't even get a start. Well, that's right, and I'll, we'll talk about who's out for PNG. The PNG's got a great team. Um, I've got no problem with those. Uh, how oh, oh, I do, uh, Jake. Yeah, how's yeah. he not in the team? Yeah, I don't know how Jake doesn't make the Australian team. He's uh, better than Ruben Cotter. Um, I would, even for how good Lindsay Collins was this year, I would still have Jake over Lindsay Collins in in an Australian side. I got a bit of a man crush on. Lindsay. I do, I know, I do. <laughs> and, and even um, you know, even even Tino, he's got to be in this. Tino's got to be in the seventeen. But when you've got Tino and Payne Haas, is it a bit like for like? like Jake at least offers something a little bit different. Well, this is the only reason. This is literally the only reason. The bench of Collins, Carrigan, Cotter. Cotter can play back row. Yeah. That's yeah, it. That's tr- very true. Oh, I think Carrigan could too, though. Yeah. Um, um, the And you're already you're already stretching it. And it, it actually makes you scratch your head as to where are all our back rows. Because Cam Murray... Is, is in the back row. Like I, I totally appreciate that you got to get Cam Murray. Yeah, he's got to be in the side somewhere. But where are all of our back well, rows? Angus Crichton's didn't have a good year. So yeah. you think about the the guys from um, the World Cup. Fafita, uh, he's been picked for Tonga, I think. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, I think he got picked for Tonga, which we can double check that because Tonga are going over to play a three test series against Great Britain. Yep. Um, we've got uh, well, guys. You look at the Origin side or guys who have played Origin the last couple of years, Capel's just n- not not up to this level. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about Jeremiah Nanai? Is he injured? No. I, so I, that's I strange, don't. Right? Yeah, I, I think he didn't get picked, but based on... And this is a real, really weird argument, because based on form this year, do you think he deserved to get picked? Uh, yes, I do, because okay. uh, like his, his injury... Like, he was interrupted by injury. Yeah. Um, I, I I, do find it really hard that he misses out here, especially when... I can't believe you, Valentine Holmes has been picked. Yeah, Valentine Holmes is in our best 17 in the country. Yes. No doubt. But there is no way on earth he deserves to get picked in this side. No. He missed the last five games through suspension. Yeah. And then obviously we know what happened a couple of weeks ago. He's been on the nose beers for a couple of weeks. Well, whether he was or he wasn't. Yeah, well. It's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So... Uh, how good is it that Dylan Edwards is finally uh, playing for his country? It's it's a great story, great story. Yeah. Equally confusing to me how Selwyn Cobbo is in this team. I don't get that at all. It, how Dylan Edwards isn't picked over Cobbo to start with? Yeah. So Dylan Edwards only came in because the, the fox was yeah. out. So and I I would have been fine with the fox playing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so you look at that and Selwyn Cobbo like. I know oh. Xavier Coates is injured. Yep. Um, so what would the other options be then? So well, obviously Brian Toto's playing for Samoa. Okay, well, the hammer on the wing. Yep. Bradman Best in the centres. That's the that's, one. That, that's without even thinking. Yep. Dylan Edwards on the wing to start with in this squad. 
again, I, I can't believe he wasn't picked. Um, Kalen Ponga. Yeah. You know, again, I'm a massive Teddy supporter. I think Teddy doesn't deserve to be dropped. But if we're going to try and get our best 17 available, we'll play Kalen Ponga at fullback and play Teddy on the winger in the centres. Yeah. Teddy could play in the centres and Hammer on the wing. Yeah. You, you, you pick your best team and find them a jump. For Australia, for sure, yeah. yeah. And look, I think Australia will win anyway. So it's it's a bit of a null and void. Um, the the key, no, well, this game we will. I yeah. think we'll put 30 on tomorrow yeah. or more. Even though tomorrow I've got a formidable side, I just think we're going to be too good. The game against the Kiwis is going to be outstanding. Yeah, well, I will say, though, just on that, I know it's not this Australian team, but the, the Australian Prime Minister's 13 went and played PNG the other day and they looked absolutely bloody terrible. So yeah. if they bring that same form into this game, you know, I'm not saying that we'll lose, but it could be competitive. It'd be interesting to properly deep dive into the history of the PM's games up there and any time international games have been played up in PNG. I reckon we'd find it's very rare that a cricket score gets put on PNG. Yeah, fair enough. Because it is a... I've been lucky enough to go up there for, for a game and... It's a very hostile environment. It's it's insane. Yep. Uh, so, Samoa, real chance that they don't win a game, but look good. Yeah, it'll be competitive. Like, I think it's good for footy, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, moving on to PNG and Cook Islands. Uh, so, I'll, just sorry, before you go, and I know even me and you had this chat 15 minutes ago. I, I think a few people are a bit confused about how this format's set up. Yep. So, it's like two divisions, essentially. So, it's for one of a better term, tier one and tier two. Yep. I don't know how else to explain it, but Samoa, Australia and um, New Zealand are playing off for uh, the Pacific Championship in that tier yep. one. And then um, PNG, Cook Islands and Fiji yep. are playing off for Pacific Cup or, or okay. a slightly different name. So a different... So the winners of the two won't play no. each other. Okay, very good. Um, so PNG, I love this PNG team. You know, it's good, isn't it? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's actually a good side. And it makes you wonder when people like Reese Martin and Justin Ollum aren't getting a run. Definitely. I know Justin Ollum's form has absolutely fallen off the, the map, but how does he not get picked here? Oh, it's it's quite astonishing, isn't it? So people he might be injured. People had the eyebrow raised when he wasn't getting picked for Melbourne, and now he's not even getting picked for PNG. So oh, you look at the. There could be something else going on. Like his attitude may have. Fl- who knows? What's possibly. Going on. We don't know. But. Zach Labart and Roderick Ty over a guy who was centre of the year a year ago. I'm guessing he's injured. He has to be. There, there can't be. They, that can only be it. But um, Kyle Labart and Lachlan Lamb in the halves, like it's good enough to win this. Um, yeah, well they've got obviously Alex Johnson at fullback, uh, D- Derby who debuted for the Cowboys during the year and didn't look out of place. Um, Nene McDonald on the wing, so they've got experience. Dan Russell's now ten games into an NRL. Korea. Yeah, played pe- plenty of international footy. Jack DeBellin. Speaks for himself. Yeah. Um, Nixon put on the bench. Fantastic. Uh, that's good enough to win this game, I Liam think. Liam Horn. Yep. Uh, notable players for Cook Islands. Uh, we got Isan Masters, Stephen Masters, Brad Takarangi. But the fact that Brad Takarangi's in the half says a lot about this it team. It does. It does. Um, um, I, I do like the look of, uh, I think it's Tony Oro's son. Um, the center, he's was 18th man a few times oh. during the year for the Sharks. Yep, um, I think he's a very good footballer. Yep, uh, Cook Islands they they generally struggle in these. They do, they yep. do, and the the thing the place where they struggle is, and you pointed it out, is normally in the halves. Like yep. they can hang on, 
they got normally a decent forward pack because if we look at their pack, I think there's a fair bit of NRL experience there. There's Zane Tedavano, Davi Moali. Pedersen Rubati. Yeah. So, look, I I do think that this could be the biggest score line of the weekend. Definitely. Um, But the big game here is obviously PNG and Fiji. That's the one. Uh, PNG played Fiji last year in the middle of the year. Yeah. And it was a cracker. I actually watched it. Um, in the pavilion of the Alpha Races wow. at about <laughs> 9 o'clock at night. Do you remember watching it? Freezing my ass off. I, I remember a little <laughs> bit because I remember Dan was up on the TV. Was, oh, yeah. Dad and I watched it. Um, great day, the Alpha Race. Have you been in the Alpha no, Races? No, I haven't. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna have to it's give it freezing. A it's yeah, freezing. I can imagine. But, but uh, no, great time. So we watched it in the pavilion of the Alpha Races. Uh, it was a fantastic game. I remember Dan had a run-in battle with uh, Viliami Kikia. Yes, yeah, I do remember that. It, it was a good game of footy, and I think, yeah, like you said, it's going to be, it's going to be a cracker. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, well, we'll look forward to these, and we're going to do some club reviews coming up as well. So we're going to take a deep dive of every club and get a guest on as well to have a chat about each club season. That'll be out in the next couple of weeks. Steve, it's good to see you. Thanks, Tom. You're listening to the 60 Go podcast, brought to you by Men's Sports, and that is full time.